0: Welcome to another episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. Remember, I welcome suggestions for future stories. If you have a story idea, you can contact me through the website, NotoriousBakersfield.com. Click the contact link to send me a message. And while you're at NotoriousBakersfield.com, you can show your support. Click the support link to buy me a cup of coffee. Be sure to follow the Notorious Bakersfield social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pictures related to each episode, including this one, are posted to those social media pages. Charles Dodge was a familiar name in Bakersfield and Kern County. Dodge was an assistant chief of police for the Bakersfield Police Department and later elected sheriff of Kern County. But on May 15, 1938, young Charlie Dodge was a rookie Bakersfield police officer. He was pulling desk duty when the telephone rang at about 8.45 that morning. The caller reported that Matt Warren had been murdered. At the time, Matt Warren's son, Earl Warren, was the district attorney of Alameda County in the San Francisco Bay Area. He was also a candidate for California Attorney General. The brutal murder of the father of the leading candidate for California Attorney General was a sensational story for newspapers across the state. The press dubbed the person responsible for Matt Warren's death the shadow killer. The Bakersfield Californian ran a story about this case daily for weeks. As time went on and the crime remained unsolved, the stories became less frequent and less prominent. This case continues to be one of Bakersfield's most puzzling mysteries. This is The Shadow Killer. Earl Warren's father is murdered. Matt Warren has been murdered. Bakersfield police are hunting for the man who killed 73-year-old Matt Warren, father of Earl Warren. Warren's battered body was found in his home at 707 Nile Street near Baker in East Bakersfield. Even without television, the internet, social media, in 1938, word of a significant news event spread fast in Bakersfield. And that's what happened on the morning of May fifteenth, 1938, with the news that Mattias or Matt Warren, had been murdered overnight in his home at 707 Nile Street. Police theorized that this 73-year-old retiree was attacked from behind as he sat in the kitchen that doubled as his office. The assailant entered through an unlocked or open back door. The elderly man was struck on his head with a metal pipe with such force, his eyeglasses and false teeth flew across the room. That first blow probably didn't knock the victim unconscious because he had defensive wounds on his right forearm. A puzzling aspect of this case was how Matt Warren's body was found the morning after his death. He was discovered by an employee of his, in bed, in another room of the house from where he was initially assaulted, with a bedspread pulled up over his body. Investigators pondered whether the victim could have possibly walked or crawled under his own power to his bed after the attack, but they concluded that the clubbing was too brutal and the head wound was too serious There was no way possible Warren could have been capable of moving himself to the bed. If that was the case, then there was only one other possibility. Whoever bludgeoned the elderly man also moved his body after the attack. Earl Warren, the district attorney of Alameda County and candidate for California Attorney General, was notified of his father's death. The future Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court traveled by plane to his hometown of Bakersfield. Earl Warren brought his own team of investigators with him. In conjunction with the Bakersfield Police Department, the Alameda County DA launched a separate but collaborative investigation into his father's grisly murder. Speculation swirled about a motive, even though the Southern Pacific retiree lived meagerly in his home on Nile Street. He was quite wealthy, while most of Bakersfield and the country, for that matter, was recovering from the Great Depression. Matt Warren was doing okay. Actually, he was doing extraordinarily well financially compared to most people in 1938. Being frugal, the pensioner invested in real estate throughout the depression years. Despite the economic downturn, Warren's wealth only grew with these investments. His real estate portfolio swelled to include over 100 properties in Bakersfield. At the time of his death, his net worth was estimated to be nearly a million dollars. But like I said, he was frugal. Some even described him as miserly. As he aged, his penny-pinching transformed into an obsession. He became somewhat of a recluse, and his once tidy and quaint house on Niles became a ramshackle. By 1938, Matt Warren was living alone. His wife moved out over a decade before to live near their daughter in Oakland. People who knew Warren well were aware of his habit of keeping large amounts of money in his wallet. He'd been warned repeatedly that he shouldn't carry so much cash on him. When Warren was found dead, his wallet was empty. Robbery could have been a motive for the homicide, but detectives had to also consider the possibility that one of Warren's tenants may have been a culprit. There was another possible motive. Could the killer have been someone Earl Warren, the victim's son, prosecuted as a district attorney and sent to prison? A revenge killing. Earl Warren discounted this theory by claiming he'd never been threatened. Police said the killer left the same way he entered, by the back door. He tossed the murder weapon, the metal pipe, over the fence into a neighbor's backyard. Because the culprit entered and exited Warren's residence without being noticed, the press began referring to this mysterious murderer as the shadow killer. Investigators were able to retrace his getaway route by following a trail of discarded items, bloodstained papers and envelopes mostly, taken from the crime scene. Matt Warren's checkbook was found at Washington School on the corner of Niles and Baker Street. On the Monday after the murder, Earl Warren took out his personal appointment book. Beginning with that Monday, Warren wrote canceled across each of the 14 consecutive days. Bakersfield Police Chief Robert Powers said Earl Warren was so grief-stricken and distraught, he openly and frequently wept. Funeral service for Matthias Halvor Warren were held at the Flickinger Digere Mortuary in Bakersfield on May 18, 1938. Matt Warren was survived by his wife Crystal Warren, his son Earl Warren, and his daughter Ethel Warren Pack, and four grandchildren. His remains were cremated and transported to Oakland, California. Within the first week of the investigation, three suspects had been rounded up and detained. But all three maintained their innocence and investigators lacked sufficient evidence to hold any of them. So they were released. Early on in the investigation, Earl Warren warned everyone involved both his team from Alameda County and the Bakersfield Police Department detectives, that he expected all investigators to respect any suspect's constitutional rights. He felt very strongly about this. If this case was going to be solved, he wanted it to be solved based on legally obtained evidence. Chief Robert Powers announced that the investigation had reached a turning point when detectives discovered a faint fingerprint at the crime scene. Unfortunately, that single fingerprint failed to identify a suspect. This investigation perplexed Bakersfield police and dogged many of them their entire careers in law enforcement. Over the years, police identified over a dozen potential suspects. They were always brought in for questioning, but released. There were even some people who confessed to the crime. But when Bakersfield police followed up on these leads, nothing materialized. These confessions were nothing more than people seeking notoriety As the investigation drug on and the story got pushed to the back pages of the Bakersfield Californian, hope that this awful crime would ever be solved faded. When Earl Warren returned to Alameda County from Bakersfield, he sent each person who worked the case a thank you note to express his appreciation. Nobody has ever been charged with Matt Warren's homicide, been over eight decades. There have been numerous theories as to who the killer might have been. Some have even named names. But nobody is 100% certain. Whoever was responsible for this crime has taken that secret with them to their grave. Earl Warren went on to win that election for California Attorney General. Then he ran for governor and voters elected him three times to that position before President Eisenhower nominated him as Chief Justice to the United States Supreme Court. President Johnson selected Chief Justice Warren to chair the committee that investigated the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. This commission became known as the Warren Commission, with their findings and conclusions published in the Warren Report. On a personal note, my grandparents were tenants of Matt Warren's. After his death in 1938, they bought their home at 307 Chester Avenue from Matt Warren's estate. His daughter Ethel handled the transaction, and my grandmother spoke fondly of her. Grandma recalled she was always fair and reasonable in their negotiations. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. Remember, if you would like to support Notorious Bakersfield, go to NotoriousBakersfield.com and click the link to support and buy me a cup of coffee. I certainly will appreciate it. Resources used, the Bakersfield, California, and the Los Angeles Times, the book by Jim Newton titled Justice for All, Earl Warren and the Nation He Made. That news segment you heard at the beginning That was from the late Hal LaFoon, a Bakersfield radio and TV news personality. Tune in next week, next Tuesday, for another notorious Bakersfield story. Have a good week.